listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What is up, Houdat Nation? It's your boy, Chris Vogel, and welcome inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boot Crew Media. And I'm sure after watching that brutal Saints performance, you guys are going to need a shot of Ornitos Tequila, which is the official tequila of Boot Crew Media. So make sure to check out their products. They also have good seltzers, which I've been drinking a lot during the game. I'm not going to lie because I needed a couple because this game was just flat out disappointing for the New Orleans Saints. They fall 26 to 7. So much to talk about. I know everyone's going to come in here and probably start panicking and talking about what this team is and isn't. And there are going to be a bunch of reactions and hell, I'll put them on the screen for you guys as you guys kind of vent your way through this and talk about this frustrating loss, which it obviously was. But I think it's about trying to find a middle ground through it. Now, I'm not going to be Mr. Upbeat optimistic throughout this podcast. I'm going to be telling you the way it is. I'm going to be blunt about it, what I didn't like, what I did like. And trust me, there was not a lot that I liked, so that part's going to be very quick, and we'll just talk about what I didn't like for the majority of this podcast. But let's get right into it. I want to talk about this offense because last week, the Saints put up 38 points, and a lot of people just kind of thought that's because when you look at the box score and you see that Jameis Winston had five touchdown passes and you see that the Saints put up 38, you kind of think to yourself, man, they might have a really high-powered offense. That was not the case at all. There is no separation from the wide receivers, which was a problem last week. Just didn't get talked about because they blew out the Packers, which was a very, very, very big issue this week, obviously. The O-line was terrible, and then there's just free rushers every time, so people are being unaccounted for. I don't know if that's a coaching issue, which, by the way, the Saints were missing about half their assistant coaches today, or I don't know if it's Jameis maybe not diagnosing the blitz carefully, if that's the thing that the Saints got to get in that building and they got to figure that out quick. That those are two big concerns because O-line, you kind of expect the Saints to just be sharp there. I kind of said before the game even started, there's so many areas that I was concerned about the New Orleans Saints. I was concerned about their depth on defense. I was concerned about their cornerback play. I was concerned about a lot of things, yet it was the O-line just being terrible that really surprised me the most. And what happens when your O-line's not playing well and you're down in games, you kind of feel this sense of pressure. You kind of feel this sense of hero ball. Well, there is no quarterback who's probably played more hero ball over the last couple of years than Jameis Winston, who has as excellent as he was last week, he was equally as bad this week. And yes, there were some plays like a rushing touchdown that I thought Jameis did a fine job there, but man, just rough decisions. And I cut him some slack on the first pick because I thought it was late in the first quarter, uh, first half. He was trying to make something out of nothing. And it happens. It happens. The second pick, though, kind of just tells us, and I'm not out on Jameis. So if you guys are asking and you guys could drop it in the chat, I'll, I'll read it for you guys. I'm not out on Jameis because it's two freaking games. If you've made a decision after two games, all right, good for you. I'm not making a decision after two games, but it's just concerning when the same mistakes pop up, you know, especially when we're kind of told that they've been fixed. Well, we got to see it first because after two games, you'll say, all right, five touchdowns, two picks. That's pretty good. Sure. But it's the inconsistent nature that is the problem because the five touchdowns all came in one game and the two picks all came in the other. Trying to find a balance is key for Jameis Winston. We'll see, obviously, as the season goes along, how much that is going to be a problem. Now, I will say this because I want to pull this up. The people who keep saying we should apologize to BA now just prove they know nothing about football. Look, I, I don't want to get into the whole Bruce Arians thing. But I, I do think that Bruce Arians obviously spiked up the picks. I do think that Jameis is a gunslinger by nature. I do think that there are going to be more games where he has maybe a pick or two in them. And we're just going to have to get used to it. It's when do the picks happen? How are they happening? That that really matters for me. So the O-line was terrible. The quarterback play was not good. And the running game was just non-existent. Jameis Winston was their leading rusher with 18 rushing yards. You are not going to win a football game. You are not going to win a football game if Jameis Winston's your leading rusher. 
You're just not. There's no way. And I thought the one thing that really, really hurt the Saints was the way Carolina defended Alvin Kamara. Because I think we knew coming into this game, Troutman's an unknown. Callaway's an unknown. Jawan Johnson's an unknown. But Kamara's that steady force that every game, week in, week out, you know what you're going to get. You didn't get anything from Kamara today. It kind of looked in the second half. He mailed it in. I'm not going to get too much on his case. The Saints were not winning that game regardless. They made so many mistakes. So no, 41's effort was not a reason for them losing. So I want to get that out of the way because some people tweeted at me about that. But he was bottled up. And when Kamara's bottled up, there's additional pressure on Jameis Winston. You don't have a wide receiver one. Hell, you don't have a wide receiver two. And these are the problems. These are absolutely the problems. And for Jameis, I think now the question is, who, who is he going to be in this offense? Because is it old Jameis? Or is it some type of variation where, yeah, there's going to be games where he's bad, but it's not going to be as often with Tampa Bay. And if that's the case, the Saints can live with that. The Saints can absolutely live with Jameis having three to four more bad games like this. I really think they can. It's does he have seven more bad games like this where it's a 9-8 split, and that's what you can't have. So I'm really, 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 really curious to see what happens there. I'm going to bring this up because I was someone kind of brought this up. If Drew Brees was still on the Saints, how would this game go? The Saints were so bad today that I really don't know if the quarterback would have made that much of a difference. I'm sure situationally speaking, Drew in the two-minute drill would be better. Drew in, you know, in a field goal range area would be a little bit better. But man, the O-line was bad. They gave up 17 points off the rip in the first half. The penalties were killer. And I'm going to talk about the penalties in just a little bit. But there were so many mistakes that I don't know. I think the Saints would have lost regardless of who the quarterback was. I think this was just a bad performance by a team that's been on the road, a team that's been depleted in terms of injury, a team that's dealing with a COVID outbreak, so you basically had no coaches on the sidelines. These were issues for sure. Now, before I just keep going all negative, I want to go to the defense. And the reason I want to shift gears and kind of talk about the defense is a lot of you guys watched that first half like I did, and you sat there disgusted. Zach Bond was atrocious. The D-line wasn't getting pressure. The secondary was getting carved up. So many issues. And yet, I the second half happens, and the second half was just such a, a turn of events where, yeah, look, the scoreboard doesn't show it. You look at the scoreboard, you're like, man, Saints just did not play well. Yeah, well, they did give up only nine points in the second half, and they did force a turnover, and Peyton Turner, the rookie defensive end, made me eat my own words because he was fantastic in the second half. Big tackle for Lawson McCaffrey, a big sack in that third quarter. He was great. And I thought that the defense turned a corner in that second half to make me say that this is a defense first team. And I know a lot of people thought that was an overreaction, but I do think that the Saints have so much depth when healthy that there's a lot of guys who made plays today on the football field that are not going to have starting roles when this team is at full strength, which means you might have a really good rotation. For example, Peyton Turner, if Davenport's healthy and Tano Passanio's healthy, he's a rotational piece, which by the way, if you have a rotation of four to five good defense, defensive ends, you're going to be in really good shape. And how about the secondary? I thought late in this, the game, I thought P.J. Williams actually made some decent plays. And you're not a, that's not a guy you're going to rely on. You're relying on C.J. Garner-Johnson to do that. And not having him, obviously, was a big blow to the defense. Not having Lattimore, big blow to the defense. But I thought the safety play was solid. I thought Marcus Williams, yet again, proved that he's one of the better safeties in football. And I know these are small takeaways. But it, it kind of just, you got to take those little wins because we're trying to project what this team can be tomorrow. I know a lot of you guys asked me before, well, what do I think the record prediction would be for the Saints? I really don't know. And, and I, I kind of want to throw this game out the window because it wouldn't shock me if the Saints go into New England next week and win. It wouldn't. Because you look at New England, and yes, they were dominant today. I don't know if New England was as good as they are today. And New Orleans definitely isn't as bad as they were today. 
So it's hard to tell. And then frankly, they have Giants. Washington wouldn't be surprised if they won both of those. So I want everyone just to relax a little bit. I think there are certain issues, which I'm going to bring up later in this episode, that I think the Saints need to get better at because they will plague you the whole year. Absolutely plague you. But with the defense, I think this is a unit that eventually maybe you get back Quan. Eventually you get back Davenport. You will get Lattimore back soon. I think you're going to get CJ and Tano passing your back very soon because they were warming up, which means there was a chance they were going to play today. They held him out. And frankly, I'm almost glad they held them out. And I know you guys are going to sit there and look at me like I have three heads, but if the Saints played them and they got injured in a game where the offense couldn't score for shit, we would have been really, really frustrated. So honestly, in hindsight, I'm glad the Saints played it safe with Lattimore. I'm glad they played it safe with Tanoa, and I'm glad they played it safe with CJ Gardner-Johnson because even if all those three guys played and the Saints, let's say, held the Panthers to 10 points, they still would have lost the fucking game because the offense couldn't score. So I, I really think that the defense... They are fine. I think the special teams unit, and I'm glad you guys brought it up in the chat, I think they are actually something that I'm looking forward to. I thought Blake Gillikin did a really good job punting. I thought Deontay Harris yet again had some really good punt returns. So the Saints in two phases, I feel really, really good about. And the one phase that really concerns me is the offense, yet the only reason I'm not going to sit here, flip over a table, and be like, man, this season's over, is because the guy in charge of this team is an offensive mastermind. And if anyone's going to figure out this mess, it's going to be Sean Payton. So I'm going to wait a little bit. I'm not going to sit here and give you guys a meltdown and an overreaction about what is going wrong with this team because I think it's very clear. Their weapons aren't great. Their O-line needs Eric McCoy back. And they need to figure out a way to not make Jameis feel like he's got to play hero ball. It's like that simple. The formula is there for the Saints because we saw it last week against a really, really good opponent. So I'm really not going to panic, guys. There are issues I will panic about, and like I said, I'm going to mention a little bit, but I wanted to give a shout-out to the defense because I think they're only going to get better, and I wanted to give a shout-out to special teams because I do think that part of the ball is going to get better. And frankly, when the Saints play the Panthers later this year, if they're at full health, I think the Saints will win that game. I didn't come away overly impressed with the Panthers. I thought the Panthers did a really good job at their scripted work. I thought that first drive was methodical, five-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. That was really good. But as the game went along, the Saints beat themselves up way more than the Panthers beat the Saints. Now, the Panthers, again, I am tipping my cap to the Panthers. Again, do not listen to this podcast and say, oh, Chris didn't respect Carolina. No. Carolina was the better team today. They deserved to win. They did win. So kudos to them. However, how many times did the Saints just shoot themselves in the foot? That turnover late in the first half when they could have put up a field goal. That uh, missed opportunity after the block field goal. They didn't get any points after that. You had that touchdown drive. Okay, great. After that, you really didn't do much. And it was just mess after mess. There's a play where you thought Camaro would get a first down. He doesn't get the first down. Instead, he misses it by about an inch. So there were issues that the Saints made. The penalties in this game were killer. There was one on Ringo that just drew, drew me nuts because that was just not rough in the passer. But besides the point, that's not an issue. So how do the Saints fix their problems? That's probably what we all want to know. And it's all offensive related. I really don't think this defense has problems at all. Like Zach Bond was terrible, absolutely terrible. But if Quan's healthy and Pete Werner gets on the field, you can limit the amount of damage that a bad day that Zach Bond has, you know, has on the game. And even for Zach Bond, as bad as he was, guys, the Saints defense wasn't getting beat in the second half. So you all go back to the offense. I think one thing the Saints need to do, and I'm bringing it up because I thought the chat did a big, you guys in the chat did a great job bringing it up. Tony Jones Jr. needs to be used, and the Saints offense needs to kind of 
stick to the ground. Now, I know they, they came out of the gate slow, and before you know it, you're down 14-0, and I could get why they're uh, 17-0, and there was a shock to the system. And I get why the Saints abandoned the run at that point. But it just felt like when things aren't going well, why not make it easier on Jameis Winston? Just why not? And I, I walk away from that game, and I think to myself, I know people are going to have takes about, oh, the Saints miss Ingram, or oh, the Saints miss Latavius Murray. I think Tony Jones Jr. is that dude, guys. Like, I honestly think Tony Jones Jr. is a good RB2. I don't doubt that. And I know he hasn't had a lot of chances to show it in the regular season, but the man had over 50 rushing yards last week. He did look pretty good on the runs he had today. It's all about opportunity, and I don't think the Saints gave a lot of opportunity to Tony Jones Jr., and it seemed like the Saints were almost either surprised or just mentally defeated that the Panthers bottled up Alvin Kamara. Like, I think that kind of just threw them off that the Panthers just really had a great game plan for 41, and it's kind of like, okay, well, where do we go to now? That's an issue, and I really think a way to combat that is using Tony Jones Jr. more. The beauty about the Ingram-Kamara duo and the, the Kamara and Murray duo was that you had them being able to bounce off each other. You'd be able to get a, a good amount of 50-50. I think that Tony Jones Jr. needs a little bit bigger of a role in this offense, and he also needs a bigger role because the passing game's not going to be good until Michael Thomas gets, gets back. It's just not, guys. And I am a big believer in Marquez Callaway, and I missed. I thought Marquez Callaway was going to have a good game today. It really did. He didn't do much. Callaway's not doing much for you. Deontay Harris isn't doing much for you. Chris Hogan was playing lacrosse about five months ago. Juwan Johnson's still kind of adapting to the position. So this team doesn't have a lot of weapons in the passing attack. So how do you combat that? You got to be a running team. That's what I think the Saints are going to have to do. I think you got to use Tony Jones, Jr., uh, Tony Jones Jr. more. I think you got to figure out a way to free up Kamara a little bit more. And you need Traquan Smith and Michael Thomas back. It's that simple. That doesn't solve all the problems. But man, the Saints are not having to play little uh, Jordan Humphrey and Chris Hogan and then uh, Jawan Johnson, every single snap, that'd be a lot better for them. That'd be a lot better for them. And I'm laughing that you guys put that in the chat. Chris, Chris Olave is one of my favorite prospects in all of college football right now. So I would be jumping for joy if the Saints were able to add a guy like him. Another player I want to mention, because people are going to wonder, Chris, why aren't you mentioning him? Do you want to just ignore the problem? Adam Troutman has not done anything to, through two weeks. Actually, last week, he was one of the few Saints players that didn't play well. He had a lot of drop passes in that game. This week, again, a no-show, and it's uh, it's upsetting because the Saints traded a lot for Troutman. I really loved him coming out of Dayton. I thought that he was a prospect who kind of would show a little bit of an immediate impact in his rookie year and then just really come into his own this year. And not only is Troutman struggling to catch the football, he's struggling to block, and blocking was something he was really good at last year. So I'm a little concerned about Troutman. He needs a bounce-back game. I don't care if it happens against New England, New York. One of the next two games. He needs to get better. He needs to show improvements because after two weeks, you look at it, Jawan Johnson's been their best tight end and the man just started learning how to play tight end. So that's a concern for me. I need Troutman to get better. I need to see what happens there. Now, I'm going to switch the tone a little bit because I've been harping on the offense for a lot. I want to talk about what the Saints team is. You know, what are they through two weeks? I think through two weeks, the Saints are where a lot of people expected them to be. A lot of you guys probably had them at one and one. And if you didn't, all right, fine. I'm sure a lot of you guys had them losing the Packers game, winning today. Well, now you reverse it. They're one and one again. And before people panic, they were one and one last year. They were one and one in 2018. They were one and one in 2019. They were 0 and 2 in 2017. I mean, this team does not go 2 and 0 anymore. They're allergic to going 2 and 0. So 
before we say this was the game that is indicative of what this Saints team will be, I'm not so sure. It's just that Jekyll and Hyde team right now, and I need to factor in that they were missing their assistant coaches. And a lot of a lot of people kind of thought that that could be swept under the rug because Sean Payton's a mastermind, and Sean Payton is. He's one of the best coaches in the NFL. But not even the best coach in the NFL can overcome losing as many assistants as they did. And big assistants, Curtis Johnson, Ryan, Ryan Nielsen, I mean, they were losing guys left and right that they need on that staff. I think that got a little bit understated on how important those assistant coaches are for the Saints and how much they need them on that staff. So that's a big problem there. The depth defensively, I and again, this is just an early prediction. I think Lattimore will be back next week. I think Tano Passanio will be back next week. I think CJ Gardner-Johnson might be back next week. I think a lot of the Saints defensive guys who miss time will play next week, and that's going to help them. And I think the one thing that really helps them too is I think the defense they're going to walk away from that game and they might not, might not say it, but there's a lot of guys in that, in that locker room who should be pretty confident about next week because I think that the Patriots don't have a lot of offensive weapons who are going to scare you. Their tight end duo of Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry is nice, but their wide receivers are not exactly anything to write home about. Their running backs are good, but the Saints have shown that they at times can bottle up running backs. I know McCaffrey did slice and dice the Saints today, but McCaffrey also had 29 touches. So, he was going to do his thing. They were just force-feeding him the ball anyway. So I think the Saints have a chance next week to bounce back defensively. I don't think they're going to give up 26 points against a Patriots offense that struggles at times. So I think that's a positive. I thought, like what you guys mentioned before, I think Peyton Turner, can he build off that? Because Peyton Turner, for a guy who missed time in the preseason, didn't look like he did. He looked really good today, and I think that's really promising because a lot of us Saints fans are a little concerned about Davenport's injury-prone history. If Turner can play really well, that's a big thing. And again, you got to try and take small, I don't want to say small wins. I'm not a moral victory guy. But it is important that the Saints left this game without having any more injuries to add to an already loaded injury port. So I wanted to throw that in there. I think that this team is obviously, they, they got to wipe this game behind them. And I tweeted about it and I'll say it a million times. The Saints are not as good as they looked last week. They're not as bad as they looked this week. What's the answer? What's the middle ground? Well, only time's going to tell us. And that kind of starts with next week's game against New England. I think that's going to be really fascinating to see what happens. But I want to just get this off my chest real quick because it, it is really frustrating about the Saints that they keep doing this. Two years ago, the Saints squeaked past the Eagles in a playoff game. And it kind of got swept under the rug because they won that game. But no one outside of Michael Thomas can get open. And then they lose to the Rams. And, they, and I get they shouldn't have lost to the Rams because of the no call. And I, I totally get that. But no one was really getting open. And Michael Thomas only had 36 receiving yards. And it, and it kind of and got swept under the rug. And then 2020 happens. And my Lord, I'm sorry, 2019 happens. And then 2020 happens where it's the same thing. No receivers outside of Michael Thomas. And it continues to show face. And I just wonder... At what point are the Saints going to say, we need to address the wide receiver position? You can't do it now. It's week, we're, you're going into week three on, on Tuesday. So you, you can't do it now. The wide receivers, you got what you got. But they are who we thought they were. And it's another group that, yeah, maybe Callaway can look good, but Callaway's not a number one. Maybe he could be a number two, which would be lovely. But we don't know it right now because Michael Thomas is hurt. And even if Michael Thomas comes back, okay, Traquan Smith's still hurt. And who knows with Traquan because he's always hurt. So... This wide receiver corps, man, they're not getting open, but they probably aren't going to get open because it's just not a talented group. And I hope that Kenny Stills can get on the field and Kenny Stills can make an impact at some point, but who knows? Honestly, who knows? 
it's just really frustrating because I'm okay with the Saints. I have no problem with the Saints lost today. It's a divisional game. They were shorthanded. This is the game to lose. It absolutely is the game to lose. It's just that the same issue keeps coming up. It's ridiculous. If you fail a test and you know why you failed that test, you know, maybe this, this topic you really didn't study on. If you had to retake the test, wouldn't you put more into that topic? Wouldn't you put that extra mile into figuring out how to fix that area? Well, the Saints know their wide receiver group isn't good, but they keep telling us that they like it better than we do. That's fine. But man, look at the receiving numbers on this team. I mean, I look at it. It's baffling today. Little Jordan Humphrey was your, your number one receiver with 27 yards, 23 for Johnson, 16 for Hogan, nine for Deontay Harris, eight for Callaway. This is crazy. It's crazy. The receiving corpse is terrible. And not only is it bad now, it's bad on top of it that even the last couple of years, Drew was at least pinpoint accurate enough that in the short passes, he could probably throw it through a tight window. That's not Jameis's game. Jameis is going to air it out a little bit more. Jameis has the ability. So I really think that the Saints have put themselves in a really tough hole. And that's why I said before earlier in this podcast, you got to start running the freaking football early and often. Because then it's not fair to Jameis Winston to try and thread the needle on a pass to Chris Hogan, who, by the way, is one of their best receivers. Like, that is not good. So uh, that is the one concern. I walked away from this game, and I thought, man, Michael Thomas has to come back, and he's got to be 2019 Michael Thomas for this passing attack to be really good. Because if not, it's not going to be a good passing attack. So I am worried about that, and we'll see what happens there. Now, I've already ranted for about 20 minutes, so you guys drop any questions, concerns, comments. I'm going to put them up on the chat. I'll give my reaction to what you guys have to say, and we could talk about it. Now, you guys brought up Callaway. I said on my preview podcast, I thought this was the week for Callaway to break out. Boy, was I wrong. And I don't know if it, if it was a mix of him not getting open and the O-line not having time. I don't know what it was, but but he was not good, and it was really disappointing because I, I thought this was the week for Callaway. I thought he was going to step up. Didn't happen. Got to kind of reboot, reset, maybe next week against New England's the week for him. But I am a little disappointed that he didn't show up. Now, I want to add this in there. Before you listen to people be doom and gloom on the timeline, it's week two. It's week two. They're one and one. I get it. But man, everyone was bad today on offense. And when that happens, you're not going to win many football games. You're not. So I, I, I can sit here and I can complain. And I could rant for about 20 more minutes to you guys about what the Saints did and didn't do right. But what, what good does that serve? What good does that serve? Would you trade for Denzel Mims or James Washington? So I'm going to say this right now. Because I've, I've, you guys know I'm from New York. So I, I've seen enough J, uh, Jets games from time to time. I don't know what the deal is with Denzel Mims in terms of playbook-wise. I know that Denzel Mims had really bad food poisoning. He lost, I believe, 15 pounds this offseason. And that set back his program. The Jets don't need him. The Jets have Corey Davis. They have Keelan Cole. They have Elijah Moore. They have Jamison Crowder. They don't need Denzel Mims. If you're the Saints, if your guys are basically so bad at getting separation at wide receiver that they can just cover them in a telephone booth, yeah, I think maybe calling the Jets and saying, hey, what do you want for Denzel Mims? It's not the worst thing in the world. Denzel can stretch the field. He's young. Maybe Sean Payton can mold him into the receiver that he wants him to be. So... I think that that is a phone call I would be making if I'm the Saints. I would be making it. And if they make it, I'll be happy. The, the Jets have been getting a lot of former Saints. Maybe it's time for the Saints to get a Jets player. Kind of do a little switcheroo here and figure it out. So I want to see what happens there. How much do you expect Kenny Stills to contribute to the offense after today? 
I don't know because like the offensive line needs to be good for Kenny Stills to be useful. Cause I think Kenny Stills, the thing he does really well is not only does he do well on deep passes, he kind of operates over the middle of the field pretty well. And Jameis Winston is not going to be able to make those throws if Jameis Winston doesn't have time. So I think the O-line needs to be better. I think when they get McCoy back, they absolutely will be better. But I, I want to see what happens there. I, I think that the Saints at some point got to use Kenny Stills. It's not like your current wide receivers are working out anyway. But I, I think we're going to we need to see something. Personally, I think we need to revamp the D-line. Honestly, the D-line is I'm not really worried about the D-line. I'll tell you why. They didn't have Davenport today. They didn't have to know Passigno today. Cam Jordan has not looked like Cam Jordan. Peyton Turner just played his first game and looked damn good. So you're going to get the first two guys that I mentioned back. You're going to get David on your Mata back, who I think is the best defensive lineman on the Saints. I, I know that might seem like odd to some of you guys, but like I think David on your Mata really is that damn good. And when the Saints get him back, only four more games to go of him being suspended, I think he's going to push the pocket in the interior. I think he's just going to do a hell of a lot of good for this Saints defense. So I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good that when they get on your Mata back, and they get Davenport back. And I think Tano Passion will be back next week, in my opinion. I think the D-line's fine. I'm really not worried about the D-line. I think the question for the Saints defense is one guy now. It's the guy next to Demario Davis. What is going to happen there? Because when Quan's on the field, Quan's the best option they got next to Demario Davis. But Quan can't stay healthy. And because Quan can't stay healthy, you got to rely, rely on Zach Bond, who looked great in week one and who looked like absolute dog shit today. So I don't know what Zach Bond's going to bring to the table. I hope that he's more so looking like week one compared to week two, but it's concerning. It's absolutely concerning. And you hope maybe Pete Werner can get healthy and get on the field because that's a prospect out of Ohio State that a lot of us like. So I think the one area on the Saints defense that I would say needs to be addressed or needs to be figured out is the linebacker position. But that's it, guys. I really think this is a good unit. I'm going to say it every single week. This is a Saints team that is going to be run by their defense. I'm very confident in that. I think that the Saints defense is deep. I think the Saints defense is actually good. And yeah, they gave up 26 points today. But they gave up 26 points with 17 of it coming in the first half with no depth. And then nine, when it mattered most, they were getting the stop. So I'm not really worried about the defense at all. My worry is offense. It will continue to be offense. I want to see how Jameis responds. I want to see how this O-line responds. And I want to see what the Saints have in store at wide receiver. I don't know if it's some type of trickeration. I don't know if it's some type of rub route that will not be called for OPI. You got to find a way to get your guys open and Sean's going to have to scheme them open because they can't get open by themselves. And that's something that will linger until Michael Thomas gets back. Because when Michael Thomas gets back, it's a trickle down effect. Your wide receiver one becomes your two, your two becomes your three and on and on. So I really do think that it will be better. Now that's a question that someone brought up earlier in the game. We were talking about the Saints didn't get pressure on Sam Darnold early in the game. They didn't totally get it. And 17 points is unacceptable in the first half. But when the offense goes three and out, you're on the field the whole time. And I just think it's a, it's kind of a two-way street. Complimentary football is important. The Saints didn't play that. We'll see what happens. But that's going to wrap it up, guys, for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. I'm so glad that you guys join me. I'll be back later this week. I'm going to preview, obviously, the upcoming game against the New England Patriots. I know fans are going to be nervous about that one. The Saints don't necessarily play great in Foxborough. And the Saints also don't play great against rookie quarterbacks who they'll be facing one in Mac Jones next week. Now, remember, before I log out here, guys, I just want to remind you, it's week two. The Saints aren't as good as that 38 to three beat down against the Packers, but they're not as bad as they were today, 26 to nine, uh, 26 to seven, excuse me, losing to the Carolina Panthers. So I hope you guys try and enjoy your Monday. I know Mondays suck when it's not a victory Monday. Hopefully next Monday will be a victory Monday for the New Orleans Saints, but that's going to do it, guys. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Enjoy your upcoming week, and let's hope the Saints can rebound next week with a win 
over the New England Patriots. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.